Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts today, Aaron Snyder. And I'm Angie Fryermuth. In this episode, we're discussing how the Corps is revolutionizing performance monitoring with Rich Feibelman and Michelle Redman. Thank you for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. And me as well. So before we get started talking about what performance monitoring is, could you just tell us about yourselves and how you got to your position within the Corps? Uh, Rich, let's start with you. Hey, thanks, Aaron. My name is Rich Feibelman, and I am the, the presently the lead for Objective One of the Revolutionized Civil Works team. Objective One is focused on accelerating project delivery. Been in this job for about 11 months now, but uh, on a two-year assignment, but my permanent position is the Deputy Chief for Civil Works Integration at Mississippi Valley Division Headquarters. I've been in that job for several years, uh, almost eight years um, off and on. Done a couple of other uh, assignments, uh, but my first position with the Corps was in engineering construction, and then I moved into uh, project management at the Vicksburg District, uh, and then into programs from there. Through those various functions, I have uh, learned and gained some skills and knowledge on project management, program management, and uh, execution and delivery. And that is really what I'm working on at this uh, in this position uh, across the core to help promote uh, project delivery. And my name is Michelle Rebman. I am part of the team that is working on revolutionizing performance monitoring. My background is I've worked for USACE for 28 years, first at an operating project, then at the district as a program analyst for multiple civil works appropriations. Now I work at division as part of the business management division as a strategic planner with a data focus. Um, I help USACE execute its mission by applying my broad knowledge of core and PDBP to promote use of information from AIS to help us come into a new era of data-informed decision-making. And this initiative we're working on is a big part of that. So before we go any further, I think it's important for us to really understand what is performance monitoring. And can you talk a little bit about that so our viewers get a better understanding of what we mean when we say that? Yeah, Angie, thanks. So I think that we all recognize that We've been given within civil works an extraordinary opportunity to deliver a program to the magnitude that has not been seen in decades. Part of delivering that program to our nation requires an ability for us to see ourselves and how we're performing in delivering those projects and programs and really beyond some of the methods of the past that may have tended more towards past performance and maybe only extending our forward visibility to a few months into the future or uh, at most uh, the, the current fiscal year that we're in. So really what we're driving towards is that, that willingness to better see ourselves was 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 the genesis of uh, the revolutionized performance monitoring team without a better forward visibility on our program and project delivery 
we tended to assume some risks of applying how we work to apply appropriate focus or resources uh, to get ahead of or, or mitigate schedule cost issues that were beyond our horizon of, of what we were looking at. And so what we're proposing with this initiative is a, a more forward look. It's a, will hopefully be a very powerful suite of tools that will enable the winning formula that we've heard the chief talk about, which is safely finishing quality projects on time and within budget. We are trying to build upon the, the elements of the project delivery business process that is our doctrine. We are looking to emphasize uh, the fundamental scheduling practices and centralizing what we develop as a risk-informed uh, schedule through uh, strong PDT collaboration and getting all that information uh, into some level of consistency so that all levels of the organization can find it useful and measuring ourselves against that schedule going forward and attempting to get ahead of challenges uh, before they become uh, schedule slips. And in addition to what Rich said, we also think this is a valuable opportunity to be able to use this information for lessons learned and how to mitigate some of these repeated things in the future. I think that's interesting. And I think I might try to kind of summarize what I thought I heard you say to our, our listeners out there that maybe don't work in the, the project management world. What you're talking about here is basically having good data for our systems to use and then development of new metrics to track success uh, for delivery of projects. Is that a, a fair summary? Yeah, I mean, I think having good data is a byproduct of the fundamental PDT collaboration that needs to happen uh, so that you develop a schedule that everyone uh, buys into and can accept. Then taking that, that collaboration and coordination that occurs and translating it into good data that is loaded into a system that promotes transparency across all levels of the organization is really kind of that that step, that uh, the, the step function that we're talking yeah, that, that's helpful. And I think, you know, when we talk about metrics and it's hard to develop metrics and tracking, and, and I've always thought about metrics as like, what behavior do you want to encourage? And when you think about metrics, sometimes it creates behaviors that you don't want to encourage, um, such as in the past. I know for me personally speaking, as a project manager, I knew I had to meet 85% of my schedule. So what would I do is I'd be pretty, you know, conservative on the schedules. I'd schedule things off into the future, knowing that I'd be more likely to meet them. What are you guys doing as part of this program to really take that behavior into account and really track this for the life cycle of these projects? Yeah, so when we started down this path, project life cycle was a, was a fundamental theme that you'll see that's woven throughout everything that we're looking to, to implement or revolutionizing, revolutionizing our measures of, of success. And that gets back to that forward look. So, you know, really we're, we're talking about how we're going to execute projects well out into the future, having a good plan for that. And then if we need to make adjustments to that plan to account for new realities down the road, then, then that's okay. But we have this plan that everyone can stand behind and get, get behind that is laid out up front as opposed to kind of incrementally working those that plan in smaller chunks that doesn't give us that that complete visibility that we're looking for. 
so what we did was we kind of broke that down into some we, we slowly broke that down into some some categories which then further broke those down into some metrics that we wanted to apply within those categories and the categories really aren't all that revolutionary it's data quality was an important piece we wanted to make sure that what we were looking at we had faith in and confidence that it was good information we have the, the financial execution aspect that we can't lose sight of because funding is what makes everything kind of move and then we have the actual delivery pieces of it which are our milestones uh, each one of those are associated with some progress through the delivery of our projects so those three categories are where we kind of worked to then create these this further breakdown of what we wanted to really focus on with this iteration of the execution EC in the appendix that we rewrote. And so we have milestones associated with each one of those categories that promote that project delivery now and into the future. Selecting the correct metrics is such an important part of this. Because, as you said, Aaron, metrics drive behavior, and behavior drives culture. So this is our opportunity to change how we're looking at metrics and to change our culture overall. So whenever we're talking about a culture change, there's always going to be some sticking points, right? There's going to be some feathers being ruffled and people just not wanting to make the change that's required. I can imagine that there's been some challenges when you've been getting into this uh, effort. So can you talk about the challenges that you've encountered as you're working through this? So I think one of the most challenging parts to this effort is communicating it to the entire workforce, how each of them have a part in this. This is not just for schedulers or analysts. This is for PMs, this is for operating project staff, this is for everybody. This is going to impact how we are delivering our mission. And I don't think that execution was necessarily something on everybody's mind based on previous metrics. This needs everybody's buy-in to be able to shift our culture and shift the way we execute projects. Yeah. and. One of the ways that we really tried to combat the challenge of the of the paradigm shift that we were posing it was really maybe twofold. One, the team that we pulled together was really a, a team of volunteers. It reflects all levels of the organization. It includes folks with various backgrounds and expertise, not just program and project management, but uh, we we have folks from from several other functions and where we needed to reach out to even beyond the RPM team, we had the ability to, to go to uh, some of the other uh, functional areas for input on how we wanted to, to tackle this rather complex paradigm shift of uh, how, we want, how we are gonna go about scheduling and measuring success. Add to that, just the sheer complexity of the system and the AIS that we are dealing with, uh, how they connect or don't connect in certain circumstances, and how we overcome some of those challenges. There are various ways in which uh, different districts and MSCs have just kind of inherently done things in the past. And being able to set a framework 
that everyone can operate within without turning the uh, structure of, a, of an organization totally on its end was also a very complicated process to work through. It's one of the reasons why it took months for us to get through just the drafting of the business processes that we were looking to set so that we did not totally upend some of the things that we know are out there that, that, are, that are common practices. And so we offered enough flexibility in, in those processes uh, to, to try to accommodate as much as we could. Now, there are some things that are going to be new to everybody, and that's just part of that paradigm shift. And that goes back to that communication point that that Michelle was uh, bringing up is really kind of communicating and over communicating uh, how we are going about this uh, in, a, in a very deliberate way. Yeah, I think that's that's really helpful. And Michelle said something that I thought was really fitting for this. It, it was talking about everyone being focused on the execution. And I think she's right that, you know, maybe on individual projects, folks are focused on it before. Um, but maybe not the whole team, but really now with the huge workload that we have, it's more about how do we execute at the district level, the division level, and overall for the enterprise, because there's now so many pieces that overlap and conflict. And, and this is just going to be a challenge for the agency to deliver. Um, so having these new metrics in place is going to help us. And I wanted to know from like a PM's perspective or somebody in the field, what differences do, should they expect to see as it pertains to, say, quality, time, and costs, the things that we traditionally would be measuring on a project? I'll take a, a shot at that one uh, first. And so, you know, one of the things that I think it's important to understand is that, you know, we're really not asking for anything novel with the business processes that we're uh, moving forward with and the changes. We are bringing some consistency and we're placing some emphasis on some of the requirements uh, and then kind of setting some conditions to ensure that the business processes are followed. Um, but what we're trying to really drive is that, again, that life cycle approach. We're using existing tools that are out there We've made some modifications to those to uh, enable some of the things that we want to look at. And then from there, we uh, then apply those metrics appropriately. One of the more revolutionary pieces to what we're proposing deals with this concept of assigning a code to a project and then appropriately applying the metrics depending on how that project fits within our definitions of, of, of status. And so we're not going to uh, inadvertently apply metrics where they don't make sense. Um, but if a project is active and it's ongoing and we're delivering that, then there is a, a list of metrics that we have in the appendix EC that have been revisited across the board. Some of them are similar to what we've seen in the past and some of them are changed. But the important piece there is that Everything that we're working towards is intended to promote the delivery of the project, right? And so when you measure something, you get focus and you get emphasis on that. So we're trying not to unnecessarily measure something that doesn't move us in the direction of project delivery and program delivery. And that's a key point. Um, again, 
there's not a lot of new novelty and you know, not a lot of non novelty to this, um, but that appropriate focus is really where we think we are um, we're being more revolutionary in addition to that life cycle look uh, at the same time. And I just want to reiterate what Rich said about there's really nothing new here as far as what we are asking. These strategies that we are discussing are all part of the PDBP, and that is the concept and the philosophy that we have been delivering projects under since we started using uh, Primavera, which is, you know, working on, I think, 17 years now. So this is, you know, using the methodology of PDBP is not anything new to USACE. Maybe changing the way we look at things is the new part. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's helpful for the listeners out there. Um, and I've heard you guys talk a couple times about life cycle approach. And when we talk about life cycle, to me, that kind of means, you know, from you know feasibility through construction and O and M has that understanding of what your expenditures might be every single year to get you to completion and having a good visibility on that. So could you explain to us what life cycle means to you as it pertains to this program? Yeah, certainly. So I think you characterized it very well. I will say that one distinction that we're using when it comes to the the measurements for success that we've been talking about is that when we talk about a life a life cycle in this context, we are segmenting that by the phases of the project. Right, so we know that we have a feasibility study that is ongoing, and our expectation is that we have a fully developed risk informed schedule for delivering that feasibility phase from start to finish. As we get to that alternatives milestone, for example, we have this fully uh, coordinated uh, vertical alignment that shows the completion of the of that feasibility phase. That information and that data and that schedule needs to be put into our systems for transparency of, of the plan. Now, there is this transitional phase called PED where we, so we'll start to segment our expectations. And so we have a PED phase and then we have a construction phase. And so it's important for us when we're applying metrics not to get ahead of the authorities that we uh, have available to us. And we know that there is a step function that happens, the series of steps that happens from feasibility to PED to construction. But once we get into that phase of that active phase, then the expectation here of what we're moving forward with is that we have a clear understanding of delivering the entire phase of that project. And that's really what we're talking about when we say life cycle for the purposes of these metrics. Um, which is a bit of a segmented version, I think, of what, what you described, Erin. We're nearing the end of our time together, um, but before we go, I do want to ask, what can internal staff do to support this effort? So the top two things that internal staff could do to help this effort would be, number one, read the updated Appendix A. That's going to detail all the things that we've been talking about and the metrics that we are moving towards. And then the second thing would be attend one of our webinars. We hold twice weekly 50-minute webinars on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Anyone is 
able to attend. Everyone is invited. Um, and it gives an opportunity to ask questions and maybe clarify something that you aren't really clear on. Yeah, I absolutely agree uh, with those two points uh, that Michelle offered. I, I would also add that as you do those two things and you have thoughts on how we can improve what we're uh, looking to achieve in promoting project delivery uh, through this, this Appendix A and the metrics that we're using, please share those. This has been a incredible overhaul of, of our of our process and our metric. It has been very well thought out and very deliberate, um, but I would offer that it is not perfect. Uh, and we're going to learn as we go along the path here on how we can make it better. The team has been very open to opportunities for improvement up to this point. Uh, we will continue to be uh, so. And so we welcome that feedback on how we might can enhance this uh, going forward to make it as beneficial as possible for fundamentally the project delivery team, but also in how we um, how we use the information uh, across all echelons of the organization. Well, thank you, Rich and Michelle, for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you. What topics are important to you and people you are interested in hearing from? Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.